Am I Reister or am I wrong? I'm probably Reister, but if not, absolutely leave a comment. The college football playoff committee put out their first rankings. Here is my reaction. Fans are taking sports way too far. Marquise Valdez-Scantling, wide receiver for the Packers, has received death threats for a fumble in a regular season game. I got my rules that fans must abide by. NFL teams are changing their travel plans because of Thanksgiving and the coronavirus already a game rescheduled. The Steelers are pissed off and they have a right to be. And Peyton Manning, he's going to be hosting the College Bowl game show on NBC. This is the right move for Peyton. America needs this. Am I Reister or Am I Wrong is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Facts only. Check your feelings at the door. Don't even show up with them because no BS is allowed. I keep it 100 and I will never sell out the truth like a lot of these other people do. They don't want you to hear the truth. They want you to hear what they want you to hear. Make sure that you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever it's found. If you're watching on YouTube, give it a like, thumbs up, all of those things. But most importantly, share the podcast. Whether you text it, email it, send it to a friend, send them a clip, whatever. That's the important thing. And you can listen to me as well on the Pac-12 Apostles podcast, um, which is wherever podcasts are found as well. And Fox Sports Radio, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific time, 5 to 8 Eastern time on Sundays. I'm probably Reister in all of these things, but if not, of course, hit me up. We will start today, though, with the college football playoff committee. They blundered with their first rankings. I know everybody says, don't overreact, don't overreact. But how can you not when this is going to determine the championship and some things uh, don't make sense because they continuously try to shoehorn in the quote-unquote talented teams, the teams that have, were ranked highly preseason. You always want to shoehorn in Alabama, no matter if they lose. Georgia, no matter what. Oh, Florida's back. Whatever it is. The big names, Texas, Oklahoma, always want to get those name brands in when that's not what should happen. So there's a lot of assuming, and they still say even after teams lose, oh, this is one of the most talented rosters. Who gives a damn if they're talented if they lost? That's the thing that matters, wins and losses, what you did on the field and who you played, not your potential and not your future schedule. It's based upon what you've done already, or at least it's supposed to be. So we'll we'll get to my problems with the rankings. So you have, first thing, you have Indiana. Indiana comes in at number 12. They're four and one. They're ranked behind Oklahoma. Miami, who struggled with Virginia Tech, struggled with Pitt, all of that as well. Uh, They're ranked behind both of them after losing by a touchdown to the team that you believe is the number four team in the nation. Come on, man. And, 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 and Indiana has been performing against everybody. Like, let's not get this twisted. Facts are facts. Uh, the next thing, uh, I was looking at how they were evaluating teams that started late, like the big 10, 
and the Pac-12 teams that started later than the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12. And with Ohio State, they clearly did not value what they have done as much as what they as Clemson has done. In Clemson's last two games, they lost and they had a six-point win against uh, Boston College. They struggled with Boston College. Barely made it out of that alive. But then they're ranked behind Ohio State. Come on, man. Tell me how that makes sense. Uh, same thing with, with Oregon. Oregon's ranked one spot above Wisconsin. Wisconsin got absolutely boat raced in their last game. Boat raced. It was bad. I mean, Northwestern just slapped them up and down the field. But they want to count a game against, you know, like a terrible teams that they played. Come on. And the same thing with uh, USC as well. USC falls all the way, well, starts out at number 18. That's below Texas, below Wisconsin, and all of that. People, I get that we want to make the teams that we think are good, that we want those to be up front. But that's not how the college football playoff should be done. And the other problem I had was the University of Georgia at number nine. They got beat up by Bama. They got beat up by Florida. And they played close games as well against Kentucky. Come on, man. Like you get one game with JT Daniels back against a terrible shorthanded Mississippi State team. And he throws all the ball all over the place. Well, everybody's doing that against Mississippi State. Make that make sense to me. Make it make sense. And the last thing, well, two, two more things. Uh, BYU. BYU, people weren't happy. They were ranked 14th. They're 9-0. They've played a grand total of nobody because Boise State didn't have their quarterback. Nobody. They were hesitant about playing Washington until Washington until the college football playoff rankings came out. And now they need to beg the Pac-12 for a game. Uh, if games get canceled, they need to beg Cincinnati for a game because they need to up their rankings. If the, if Oregon gets a game canceled and they can play Oregon, Oregon will absolutely play them. I Washington may be done with them at this point. But BYU, I'm sorry, buddy. I know you guys think that you're good. But this is where the, the argument that I just made, talent matters in the opposite way. BYU, as good as they are, they cannot compete uh, in, in a two, three-game series with these big boys. Can they win one-off game? Absolutely. We've seen it from the Boise State, the, the, the Utahs, when they were in the Mountain West. We've seen it. But that's not the way things go. Um, the last thing up, the Pac-12, obviously only two teams ranked at 15 and 18. They can still get in the college football playoff. They can still get in the college football playoff because they need one important thing to happen. They need Washington to keep winning. Washington keeps winning until they play Oregon. Washington is undefeated. Washington will be ranked, especially if they if they just mollywop the people that they're playing against. Then you get a 6-0 USC, a 6-0 Oregon who beat Washington, who was ranked. And then based upon everybody else's schedules, who has to play each other, you, uh, Oregon and USC would be top 11 for sure. One of them will be around 7, the other one will be around 10-11. And then you get an opportunity to play against each other. Now you can bump up and jump up into that 
fourth spot or three spot, depending on what happens with the other teams. Yeah, I was just frustrated with with the rankings and just I want the college football playoff to expand first thing to eight games. And I also want them to take into account what you've done and not base it upon projections for a team and how talented that you think a team is. Uh, Next thing up, (sighs) sports fans, you guys are taking it way too far right now. You guys are taking it way too far with how you're treating players. This is absolutely ridiculous that Packers wide receiver Marquez, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling is getting death threats. The dude fumbled in a regular season game, fumbled the ball in overtime. The, t- the Colts go down, kick a game winning field goal. Packers are still going to the playoffs. The team is still good, even though they can't play against physical teams. But he's getting death threats. And this wasn't the Super Bowl, even though that that would not be okay anyway. It wasn't a playoff game. This is a regular season game and people are acting like this. I don't know whether it's the coronavirus and people getting cooped up in their houses and and restrictions getting put on them. But people are absolutely going crazy right now. Keyboard warrioring is is on is at max. I, I even signed up for parlor last night to see what the hell was going on. And I got a rude awakening about what was on there. I was like, oh, oh, wow. This is this is literally a social media platform for the uh, for the far right. OK, hmm. I just would like a place where we all have a free voice with and people can pick and choose what they want to listen to and not have an algorithm actually show them what they want to hear. The way you get a bunch of different things on your feed so you can actually sort through information Instead of putting yourself in, instead of the algorithms putting you in your own silo of the same information being repeated over and over again, and you're saying, "Well, why can't the other side hear this?" Because they're not seeing it. Anyways, um, fans, stop it because this is some Andreas Escobar stuff. What fans are talking about with these death threats? That's what happened to the Colombian soccer player in 1994. He had an own goal uh, in the World Cup uh, or World Cup qualifier. Colombia gets knocked out. This dude gets brutally murdered because of an own goal in a soccer match. Granted, it's for the country, but damn, like stop it. That's why I came up with some rules that fans need to abide by when it comes to sports. When you buy a ticket to a game, or you are a fan of a team, any of this, you are entitled to five things. You are entitled to a seat, regardless of whether it's at home or in the or at the stadium. You are entitled to a seat. You are entitled to cheer. You can cheer, you can celebrate, you can be excited about your team. You can boo, you can boo, you can yell, you can, uh, uh, you know, be mad at how your team is playing. You can be disappointed, any of that. That's the third right you have. Fourth thing you have, you have a right to be entertained. This is entertainment. The the players are supposed to give good effort. Coaches are supposed to coach well. Like you are supposed to be entertained because you paid your money for some entertainment. You should have jumbotrons. You should have cheerleaders, whatever the hell else that it makes you feel like you're entertained. You should absolutely have that. 
And the last thing is, you should be able as a fan to say anything. I mean, absolutely anything you want. As long as this is talking about to a player, a coach, anybody, you can say anything that you want. As long as you would say it privately to that person, that player, that man, that woman, if you were locked in a room with them and there were no consequences for what happened to you, that's what you have the right to do. So uh, like when I played against the Tennessee Titans one time, I got called, I I, I got called a nigger, got caught it. But would that man have said that if he were locked in a room with me, And I faced no repercussions. He couldn't sue me. I couldn't go to jail. Any of that. Would he have said it? Hell no. Because I'd have whooped his ass. So that's the reason. So there goes the rule. If you wouldn't say it to the person in a locked room, you cannot do it. Period. Um, That goes for especially now in coronavirus. That goes for spitting, throwing drinks, any of that. Don't do it, fans. Jeez Louise. Like, why do we have to have? these common sense conversations. This goes back to the, uh, but then somebody will say, Oh, that's political correctness. No, it's not. It's just, don't be a dick. Don't be an asshole. Those are just the rules in life. You can do that without being necessarily walking on your tippy toes, walking on eggshells. Next thing up NFL teams, NFL teams are changing their travel plans and their schedules because of coronavirus. Today, we've already seen whether you follow them on Instagram, Twitter, any of that stuff. Uh, So I found out yesterday that some teams were going to be traveling early. Like for instance, the Houston Texans, they play on Thanksgiving day. Teams normally leave the day before the game, but the Texans are leaving today. They're already on the plane, checking out, are probably flying right now. And the reason why is they didn't tell the players this, but they want to keep the players away from their family during the Thanksgiving holiday because they know their players have been violating protocols, not just on their team, but on, on teams in the, in, in the NFL. And they want to make sure that they stay as healthy as possible because games may be missed. So these are little small things that coaches do to try to circumvent situations because they knew they played in Detroit on Thursday. So what do you do instead of instead of flying out on Wednesday where people would do a dinner on Tuesday night or on um, Wednesday morning or some sort of early activity, have a bunch of family members over because people want to come over to rich people's house. They're going to have good food. They're going to have fun. All of this. They want to be around. They want to be around the pomp and circumstance. So you get them out early. Well, you tell them late. You get them out early. So people can't do it. And that's what coaches do regularly. Um, The other thing is the Thanksgiving night game between the Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers got moved to Sunday afternoon because so that was the third game that was on uh, on Thursday night. And the Steelers players are upset about this and they have an absolute right to be upset about this because the Tennessee Titans already caused them to miss their bye week because the Titans, uh, they had a COVID outbreak. They were breaking protocols, all of that. 
And then now their Thanksgiving game, which is playing on Thanksgiving is a big deal. I never got to play on Thanksgiving. It's a big deal. Instead of getting to play on Thanksgiving, the Steelers now have to play on Sunday. Yes, they get a couple more days off, but they lose that privilege because sometimes this doesn't come around all the time. It used to only be if you played for the Cowboys, for the Lions, or their opponent on Thanksgiving, that's the only way that you got to play on Thanksgiving. And for the Steelers and some of their players, this could either be the last time, only time, you never know because the NFL changes that third game sometimes. And they have a right to be upset because they've been inconvenienced. I know they're 10-0, but to play an entire season without a bye week, that's wrong. Because your body needs to rest, recuperate, but so does your mind and your energy and all of that. And the NFL is clear, has sent a clear message that people who violate protocols, whether it's the Raiders, whether it's the uh, Titans, they give them a slap on the wrist and then they force everybody else to accommodate around them. As opposed to making some, some serious, harsh, uh, harsh situations for them and enforcing it on everybody else in the league, like what the NFL has done, which is put in high uh, strict protocols for every single team. They've made it mandatory for everybody instead of just for the offending teams. This is the problem that people have with this, with a national plan for COVID. Oh, well, the states are too oppressive. Well, people won't do what they're supposed to do. So that's what the NFL is doing as well. The last thing up, Peyton Manning. Everybody wants to see Peyton Manning on TV. They wanted to see him calling games. They want to see him doing, you know, hosting Saturday Night Live because he's self-deprecating. He's fun. He's the opposite of what Tom Brady is. Tom Brady has the model wife. He's got the perfect hair. To, and, and Peyton Manning has the weird body. Looks like kazoo. Big old head. But he's self-deprecating. He's funny. He does the nationwide commercials. He's hosted Saturday Night Live successfully. It's funny. He makes fun of himself. It's a good look. So he's going to be hosting his show called College Bowl on NBC. If you are like me and you weren't born before 1970, well, the 1950s or 60s, so you could see this show, let me tell you what it is. It is literally an academic decathlon, essentially. You have teams like you would have USC playing against Alabama, not their actual, uh, not their actual players, but students on campus, and they would win scholarship money. Basically, it's like Jeopardy, but in a team format. So uh, people will like it. It'll be a good deal. It's going to be on NBC, and Peyton Manning is hosting. It used to be a General Electric thing, but now it's going to expand. I'm excited about it because I think that this is the optimal thing for Peyton Manning to be doing. I don't want to see Peyton Manning in the booth like Tony Romo because as good as Tony Romo is at it and as good as Peyton Manning probably could be at it, we want to see Peyton Manning in a more humorous role, a light role, hosting. This is the right move. Uh, am I Reister or am I wrong? I'm probably Reister, but if not, absolutely leave a comment, tell a friend, and subscribe and download the podcast. Peace out. Catch you guys on Friday. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy whatever it is that you want to call it. 
celebrate and be thankful with your family for what it is that you have. And I know that there are a lot of people going through tough times right now, praying for you and your and your families and our country and everything else. Peace out.